everybody. Day two of the 2022 NFL Draft is underway. And with that, we welcome you right back to the show. You just heard from Adrian Broadus a moment ago. I'm Steve Kaplowitz, joined uh, by not just Adrian, but our two uh, special guest co-hosts uh, today as well. They're along for the ride uh, with us uh, from uh, ESPN San Antonio, where they uh, co-host laying down the law with them each and every when- uh, Sunday morning. It is none other than the Foss, Steve Foster, and uh, Chris Fernandez. Gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Great to see you, and uh, hey, happy Friday draft to everybody. Yes, we're from El Paso. We do the show in San Antonio. That's right. Well, <laughs> that's true. If people, if people are tuning in for the first time and they've never heard your voice, then they probably never listened to us before because you are a regular <laughs> contributor on Sports Talk. Chris made his debut yesterday, and we liked him so much. He's back with us again today. Yeah, and I appreciate the opportunity to come back. Looking forward to another day of radio with you all. Hey, this is great, too. Think about this. We've got four high schools represented today. We've got Eastwood, class of 84. We've got Hank's, class of 83. We've got Coronado, class of 91. One, and we have Franklin class of 2015. Oh. <laughs> How about that generational Yikes. gap? <laughs> What's going gap. on, you all? Huh? Where huh? you been, Adrian? Where were you guys last night, huh? huh? Hey, I'm look, winning. Listen, you are winning. Yes. You know, I, I think we should have started with it's all about the Benjamins, baby. When uh, Adrian came on, you are up on Vegas. That's right. Adrian, uh, folks, if you're just joining us, Adrian beat Vegas last night. Congratulations. You you beat Vegas. That is big for sure. And uh, you know what? Uh, stay that way. Stay stay where you're up big right now. Don't, uh, don't, don't change anything, right? I don't know. It's tempting, Steve. I feel like I'm on a hot streak right now. You know? Oh, that's, uh, they all that's how they get you. Getting a chance yeah, to see Todd you. Gurley yesterday, one of my favorite all-time players from the Los Angeles Rams, Georgia right. Football, getting right. a chance to run into RG3 in the hall today. I mean, hey, we've uh, it, we've had a great time here in Vegas over the past uh, over the past day. Well, you should, man. I mean, look here. You come in, bright lights, big city. Uh, we've got a great spot in the media workroom, uh, and. The legends of 600 ESPN El Paso are growing. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, speaking of the legends, you met a, a legend uh, just uh, a few hours ago. Marcus Allen had a chance yes. to, uh, to to meet Marcus. You you were able to get a jersey signed. Chris, you met him as well. And they were at the uh, NFL Experience. So what was that like for you? Well, I'll tell you, uh, Marcus and I have met up before. And, you know, to find someone who you looked up to, admired, from El Paso all the way through today and to be able to establish, you know, a small relationship with your favorite player. It's a treat and uh, very privileged to be a part of y'all show this experience and to go see someone who is meaningful to me and someone I emulated. Well, I mean, that's really what it's what it's all about. You're 100% right. Now, the question is, did he recognize you? That was something I know you were worried about. Yes, he Wor- did. did he recognize you? I will you? vouch he did. He did. And the way that he did it is, uh, and I have to uh, give a shout-out to uh, a group called Princeton, uh, no, Pristine Replay. Okay. And Pristine Replays, what they do is they've created T-shirts of – plays that are unbelievable and the play that was on the shirt or that is on the shirt that i gave to marcus is his run against washington in the super bowl Ooh. deemed 17 bob trey O. and as soon as marcus saw me and i said hey steve foster he said that 17 bob trey O. you hooked me up i actually had those guys 
the print at the I always say it wrong Prince Princeton replays yes they sent the t-shirt for Marcus uh, we uh, tweeted them out and uh, it's a great thing man that's the longest explanation to yes he remembered me <laughs> that's all he had to say Chris that's all he, he said had let to me say. sign the jersey and get on your way Mr. that's Foster. right I love how you confuse the word pristine and Princeton together now, by the way, Princeton is kind of close to Princeton, and, and I'm just showing okay. for, for the listeners. I am showing the tweet. Marcus hit me back and said, hey, appreciate it. There's the 17 Bob Trey O t-shirt with Marcus. It is a fact. Yesterday, we were walking um, all around the corridor before we started the broadcast. We were first getting here, and Foss was wearing his orange Princeton Tigers t-shirt. Everybody, everybody that was walking around thought he was a Bengals fan right. because they saw the logo, they saw the color, and finally when we gave him the 600 ES Piano Paso white polo, he put it on. It's like now you can finally stop being mistaken for a, a Bengals fan. Well, that's not a bad thing. Two reasons why. Princeton head coach Bob Serace was an eight-year offensive line coach for the Bengals, and current Head coach of the Bengals, Zach Taylor, was a Nebraska quarterback. So both of yes. my universities represented. You always find a way to tie things in, don't you? The you six degrees, a, it's the six degrees of Foss. You have to have a commonality. Yeah, yeah, I know. It always happens. Steve and Steve, El Paso, Texas, east side, west side, we got the whole city covered. We do. We do. We've got two <laughs> from the west, two from the, the east. east. I like that. It, <laughs> It, it works out good. Sports Talk Live from the NFL Draft presented by the Window Depot. Also brought to you by uh, Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours, Palo Verde Homes, uh, Taco Avocat, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto Rooter, and CNM Body Works, and Adrian, all of our online content on 600 ESPN El Paso, brought to you by Roto-Rooter. That's exactly right, and uh, thanks to Roto-Rooter, we already put up our NFL wi uh, winners and losers from day one in Vegas. That was yep. after yesterday's first round, and you know, Steve, it's so interesting because yesterday did not go the way that people thought it would. It, it, I mean, you saw draft shakeups galore in yesterday's draft, and a, and a record-setting nine trades across the first round. That's exactly right. So, gentlemen, uh, I'll ask you, because uh, Adrian and I put together the winners-losers list. We have uh, four winners, four losers listed. There's plenty more, because when we left the show, we were only about four or five picks in. We were not nearly uh, finished with the draft. In fact, I don't even know if Thibodeau had been drafted by the Giants when we concluded yesterday's show. So, I'll ask you now that it's all said and done. Um is there a bigger winner from yesterday than the Jets and what they were able to do with their three picks? No, I'm, I'm going to say that the Jets won the day or won the evening with the picks that they got. Um, definitely going to enhance their, their receiving core. Uh, defense is going to look good. I was, I was impressed with the picks that they chose. Okay. Thank Agreed. you, Chris. Agreed. You know, you get Sauce. You get Garrett Wilson. You love he, Garrett Wilson, don't you? You do. You know, here's the, here's the fun thing. You know, when you get to see, and, and there's three people in particular in Central Texas that stand out for one reason or another through college and professional football, one being Nick Foles, mm -hmm. two being Baker Mayfield, and three now Garrett Wilson. And to be able to see and do their high school football games and see the maturation all the way through college and what they've done, it, it's, it's fun. You've got to love going along for the ride. 100%. Now, there are other winners. 
Other winners. We talked about them in the column. Uh, guys, what are some of the other winners that you took away from the draft uh, last night? I'm going Detroit. I like Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson, and then Jameson Williams. You know, they needed offense and defensive help. Yeah. And you got two marquee players in that. You know, Williams coming off the injury, hey, look good to me. At least he can walk well. Right. And, and you know what, listen, Alabama guys, if you talk about receivers, you look at Cooper, you look at Ridley, and there's a lot more than that. Our guy Waddle from Houston, from Bel Air, Texas, you know, they're producing at that position, so why not? Chris, as a uh, Steelers fan, were you happy with Kenny Pickett last night at quarterback? You know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was looking for Malik to be uh, uh, drafted, yeah. but I am happy with Pickett. I think that he comes uh, ready to play. I think he brings back he brings some experience to the team, you know, in, in, with his collegiate career. Um, will he be 100% ready to go at the, at the start of the season? Not known yet, but I do think that he will be a contributor next season. How about all the trades that happened yesterday? A.J. Brown to the Eagles. That's a monster deal. And then a little bit later on, Hollywood Brown goes to the cards and now gets to team up with Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray again. These are some major, major trades that happened last night, Adrian. You know, the Eagles trading and being aggressive for A.J. Brown. Can you imagine A.J. Brown is just worth the 18th overall pick? I mean, yep. A.J. Brown's one of the premier wideouts in the NFL. And, you know, you put him in that class with that those second-round guys like, DK Metcalf, like, you know, Debo Samuel, what you've been able to see. I, I wouldn't say he's as good as those guys, but he's in that in kind of that tier and category. Now, also, they got Jordan Davis from uh, Georgia, and I love that defensive tackle. We saw him roaming the halls, and you really <laughs> get to see how much of a physical specimen he is. Six foot six, 340 pounds as a defensive tackle. I really thought, you know, when you're talking about winners, you got to put the Eagles among that list. We saw a lot of guys roaming the halls yesterday. That was part of the fun out here is when we ended the show when the players were done with their stage presence and the draft they came here they came here to press conferences they were posing for pictures uh the foss and garrett wilson had a chance to reconnect and take some photos which was very cool it was up on steve's twitter handle but it's great to see so many youngsters realizing that not only that not only are they now instant millionaires but these are guys that are gonna be playing on sundays with a chance to become franchise players who one day end up in canton well i tell you you know you put in the hard work and People may not see what goes on off the air, but these are also choice opportunities for us for the following days, for the updates, for the social media, because we do have the ability to continue yes. and have those look-ins. And for, for those players to do interviews right in front of you, you can capture some of that audio. I think, you know, to have the listeners realize how complete a night and an evening round one was that's why you look forward to it because not necessarily will all the players be there for the rest of the rounds it's a good point that's a very good point and it's true and that's why uh, as we get ready to start round two here in just a moment uh, there's a lot of really interesting names on the board right now you mentioned malik willis a little while ago chris he's still there somebody is going to take him off uh, early in the second round but then you look at, at at the best available talent and there's plenty of uh, first round players um N'Kobe Dean is still out there right now from Georgia. I like him. Yep. 
He's my favorite prospect. I, I mean, really, he he's one of those guys who slipped in the first round, maybe because of his durability, maybe because he's just five foot eleven, two twenty nine as an outside linebacker. But this guy was all over the field for Georgia, the national championship winning team. Oh, and by the way, when we're talking about things like winners, how about the Georgia Bulldogs? Five defensive players drafted in the first round. That set a program record for them. And there's an argument that they should have had two others in Nicobe Dean and George Pickens also taken in the first round it's a great point well here's the other thing is it the hugest thing in the world if you're going to be an nfl player that you have to be in, picked in the first round no tom brady is the quintessential poster child for that get in get on a team and yep. play a bunch of seasons well the truth is also this guys Rounds three through five are the value rounds. That's where you find players that all have a chance to become pro bowlers, yep. and they slip through the cracks. Now, in the second round, Malik Willis will be taken. You know, <laughs> Brees Hall is going to be taken right. because he's the best running back on the board. How about that? A round of football draft yesterday and not one running back taken and only one quarterback taken. Can you remember the last time that happened? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because last year one of the best offensive rookies was Najee Harris, and he was a running back out of Alabama. But and what he did with the Steelers was it really showed you why Pittsburgh decided to draft him in the first round. And so I thought, well, maybe teams would look at that, but they probably look at this running back class, and they, they look at Brees Hall, they look at Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State and James Cook from Georgia. You could get those guys in the third through fifth round. I, I believe those guys will be, you know, those types of players who could be available. Now, the quarterback position is one that could go back to back to back. I mean, it's Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. you got to also factor in Matt Corral yep. from Ole Miss. And don't forget about Sam Howell from North Carolina. I think there's some great quarterback prospects that you can get a, uh, you know, a real value pick here in the second or third rounds. Absolutely. And it's funny because I'm looking at your mock draft right now, Adrian, and there's still – Plenty of guys that you had in that first round that are available right now to begin round two. Yeah, one of the other names that I, I'm really looking at is cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., who I thought would easily get taken, but instead he's, he fell. Uh, he's the Clemson cornerback, and he's somebody who's very versatile. He can play the nickel corner, shutdown corner, or you know just the traditional cornerback role. Uh, I really liked what Andrew Booth Jr. <laughs> did this past year. Now, the second round of the draft starts in about 45 minutes, so it's important to note that at 5 o'clock in El Paso, round two gets underway. Yesterday was 6 o'clock, so the cool thing is today we'll be with you for the first 90 minutes of the second round, have a lot of picks to talk about through all the guests that are going to be joining us because we've got uh, Christopher Kidd-Reed from Kid and Play. He'll be on with us at the bottom of the hour. Mark Clayton at 5. If any of you remember the great Dolphin teams of the 80s with the Marks brothers, you had Mark Clayton and Mark Duper. Those were the two that were Dan Marino's favorite targets. Mark Clayton will join us at the top of our 5 o'clock hour. A guy that you know very well, guys, because you've worked a lot with him over the years, and uh, that is... Uh, we, his name is Q, but you call is is your boy Q on Twitter. Uh, he is on air here in Vegas, has done a, a lot of work over the years in other markets, and he's going to be joining us also in our five o'clock hour. Yeah, and just to be clear, y'all have said a lot of players have slipped through the cracks. There's only so many cracks in the first round, so yeah. you know, you, you know. But then again, you also have teams like the Cowboys who took a player that we all thought would be in the second round, yeah, who's now. I would have, I would have traded down. Adrian and I talked about this. We were in harmonious agreement, not well enough 
that I could sing, but we were in such good harmonious harmony. Agreement. Yeah, harmonious agreement. Harmonious agreement. That's right. That's right. That, you know, it just doesn't make sense sometimes to spend when you can amass. I understand. And I agree with you on that. I agree. I thought the Cowboys absolutely should have traded down, but they didn't. But then again, you also wonder, would teams have traded up? I don't know what the Cow... We never know how much the phones are ringing. We think about it, but we don't know. Well, I will say the Jets traded back into the first round in the late part. They got Jermaine Johnson the second. Same with the Jaguars trading into into the first round at the late part of the end to try to get Devin Lloyd, and they got him from Utah, the linebacker. So it seemed like teams did want to try to get back into the end of the first round. The problem is... Every team values their picks differently. So the Titans might have valued their trade with the Jets differently than the Cowboys did. Might be why the Jets didn't trade at that spot. They waited until the Titans were there. Yeah, it's very valid. And, uh, you know, you look at what Tampa Bay ended up doing. They want to stack up picks. So they're going to be the first pick of the second round. And they yep. traded that with Jacksonville. And, and the Jaguars are happy getting Devin Lloyd at the end of the first round. Great to have you as we get started here. NFL Draft Day 2 live uh, from uh, Caesars, where we will be broadcasting until 6.30. And then it's Tim Haggerty and the Chihuahuas continuing their series with Reno. Let's send it over to Charlie One for traffic and then a whole lot more here at Draft Central as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on Sports Talk. Presented live from the NFL Draft thanks to uh, the Window Depot bringing this to us today. Also brought to you by Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocat, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto Rooter, CNM Body Works, 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Cisco Movers, and Longhorn Distributing. Along with Adrian Broadus, Chris Fernandez, and the Foss, Steve Foster. I'm Steve Kaplowitz as we continue live out here from Las Vegas. Our second and final day of uh, continuous coverage out here from the draft. We'll take you up to the uh, start of Chihuahua's baseball here tonight. Uh, This is interesting. Earlier today, the Cowboys had a press conference to introduce Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. Apparently, the Cowboys had Smith higher on their draft board than both Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. And Jerry Jones actually took out a copy of his team's draft board to show the media. And then Steven said, don't show them that. Put that sheet down because it listed their rankings of everybody, including Tyler Smith. Now, the Cowboys only had 14 to 16 players ranked in the first round. Obviously, they had Smith as a first-round grade, hence why they did not trade down and out of the first round to potentially uh, get more picks in the second round. It just felt so surprising to me, Steve, just because a lot of people didn't think he would go in the first round. I get it. The need for the Cowboys is offensive line. We talked about that being the case yesterday, but as of the past two seasons, the Cowboys have shown that they'll just draft the best player available. I don't think to- uh, Tyler Smith was the best player available. And, and you know, maybe he becomes the right guy. Steve Foster over here is shaking his head at me. But, I mean, come on, man. The, I-, I thought they should have got the best available player right there. I don't like that pick at all. If you're going to get a guy in who, you know, you're going to get a, a Tulsa offensive lineman, you're not going to scare anybody. And if he's first on your draft board, trade down and get him and pick up an additional pick yep. at the very least. I'm hearing you. 
Uh, speaking of that, uh, I had the Cowboys and Packers as two of my losers. Jesse at Jesco, the number 90, tweets the show, how have the Packers not picked a wide receiver yet? I know there are still more names on the board, but should I be worried? A lot of Packer fans thought George Pickens was going to be their second pick taken in the second round. He's one of the top receivers left on the board. But here's the thing, guys. There was a run on wide receivers early yesterday. We thought the Packers at 22 would at least have one or two to choose from. There were six receivers off the board by number 18 when the Titans ended up taking Traylon Burks. So suddenly, you really don't have anybody that you could say is a bona fide first-round pick. Combined with the fact that the Packers always take defense in the first round and never address Aaron Rodgers. So that's not a surprise. But I think what was a surprise was just how many receivers were taken so soon. You know, the interesting thing, Steve, now you're looking at the second round for the Green Bay Packers to try to get a wide receiver. And I think guys like Sky Moore from Western Michigan, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, those will be the players who are taken first. That's why I'm looking at George's George Pickens. I'm yep. looking at John Mechie the third from Alabama. That's probably those are probably my two hottest picks right there for the Packers to try to target. And if it's Mechie, that's a slot uh, receiver right there that they get to get. That's their version of CD Lamb or Debo Samuel, whatever you you might right. call it. But I, I think that would be the best pick right there for the Green Bay Packers. If they don't go wide receiver in the second round, then what are they doing? That's the question because chances are Christian Watson's going to be long gone. Um, you know, Mechie could be gone, and uh, so could Moore and Pickens. You just don't know what's going to be left because they pick in the 50s. And if you lost six in the first 18, and those are the best three or four left, they might there might be a huge run on receivers again to start the second round. Yeah, then you're looking deep into this uh, wide receiver class. You're looking at Khalil Shakir from Boise State. You're looking at guys like Justin Ross from Clemson, who actually had some really nice seasons with uh, the Tigers, and maybe even Calvin Austin the third from Memphis. So a little bit different as far as your priorities you're shifting to some of the uh you know under the radar type of talent for as far as the wide receiver goes if you want to weigh in on the show and get through to the program today we'd love to hear from you yeah, you can call 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number 915-505-6009 or just connect to us the way jesse did tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso. Jesse, we appreciate you listening in, and, and thanks to that. Uh, we're heading to the bottom of the hour break in Sports Center, and then we're going to come back. And Christopher Kid Reed is uh, supposed to be joining us here momentarily, calling into the show. It's going to be great connecting with Kid because you've got a relationship, so do I, going back years. One of our favorites. Yeah, and you know, met him with Dean Kane ah. back in the day. Uh, That's good. In uh, LA. And uh, this was when he had the uh, high top fate so will be great we saw him yeah. in the super bowl uh earlier in the year so yeah well let's do it he's, he's he's already called into the show so let's welcome in uh a longtime friend of the program because uh, i haven't had a chance to uh, talk to kid in many many years but it's great to have him back especially with us being live at the nfl draft here in las vegas kid we miss you we're happy to have you on the show and uh, welcome back to sports talk how you holding up steve cap Steve Cap, uh, what's happening, man? Good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's been a you minute, too. but you know, the, the good hey. old uh, El Paso days. That's right. That's right. And then I find out that the man next to me, the Foss, Steve Foster, met you years ago when uh, he was with Dean Kane. So now we got a total connection going on with you here at the show today. Uh, there you go. See that? We just we came full circle. It took us a minute, Absolutely. but we came full circle, man. 
How y'all Absolutely. doing out there in Vegas? Well, we're doing well. It was uh, great to see you again at Larry Center's uh, laugh, uh, you know, event. Uh-huh. And, you right, know, right. To, have, to have you connect with my hometown guys, kid, is kind of just like when you told us the stories about how you did it back uh, in New York between being the social worker and then following your dream and uh, producing a lot of music that I listen to uh, on a variety of sources. That's what's up. All right. All right. Sounds, sounds like sounds like sounds like a good thing, man. Sometimes the sometimes the classic stuff holds up over the years. But oh, I, I'm actually know, sitting here. I'm watching that, that pre-draft stuff today. Boy, it looks like there's a million people out there, man. It is craziness. Well, first off, oh, Vegas good. is always crazy, kid. Just add the NFL draft, and I, now you got I, a circus. I, I know. I know. I mean, that, and for about five minutes, I thought about going. But man, when I saw when I started watching last night, I mean, like you said, Vegas is nutty in and of itself. But now it was add add you know I had a hundred thousand uh, rabid football fans. Yep, you know That's what I mean. Exactly right. And now you got now That's you got a real party. Kid, tell me about uh, what it was like for you watching the draft last night. Uh, there was a lot of surprises. The New York teams both fared very very well in the draft, and yeah. uh, you're a, a native New Yorker. So give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, you know what? Typically, I'm I'm really into into the NFL draft. Uh, I'm into the NBA draft, but the, the NFL draft has, has become such a a, a vast production. Uh, but I'm really into the the fact that um, it's going to change a lot of these young people's lives and their families' lives. So I'm and, I, and you know what? Having had some uh, great uh, professional football friends of mine over the years. I know, I know from them what it what it take uh, takes to get to that part, to get to that place. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm into it. I'm into it for the uh, the emotion, <clears throat> excuse me, and the theater of it, you know. And now they just went crazy with the pageantry and everybody's getting fly and they got their families back there. So I'm down for that. Uh, to your point, uh, the New York team uh, did did very well last night, in my opinion. I'm a Giants fan, so um, I thought I thought we did uh, well for ourselves. Uh, filled the needs that that were spoken of, and the Jets did even better. When you get three picks in the in the first round and three three studs, you know that that they might be ready to turn the corner over there. As far as the Jets are concerned, I'm with you on that one. Uh, the Giants took Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon and, and yeah. Evan Neal, yeah. and I'm sure they were they were thrilled that Thibodeau was there for them at five. Given everything that was going on before, they had to be just licking their chops with that pick. Oh yeah, I mean, and to me, he belongs in New York. You know what I mean? He belongs in New York just just on his his attitude and his uh, his his passion, and you know, just who he is as a person. He's he's already larger than life. Now he's coming to the greatest city on earth. They're gonna love him there. You know, if he if he does his job, if he performs, they're gonna love him on and off the field. And I think uh, on the other side, on the Jets side, I mean, Sauce Gardner, he's made for New York as well. So, uh, I mean, I think, uh, once again, I think the two teams improved themselves. Uh, and they also got some, some players with some swag and some attitude and some supreme confidence. So, it's, it's, it's a very New York thing, Steve. You know what I mean. Uh, uh, I do, and you're right, 100%. You know, that's one of, that's, because, that's yep. one of the new measurables. You know what I'm saying? They got the, they got the 40-yard. And, uh, 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 I need you. I need I need you to attach the swag meter to you, okay? <laughs> Kid, you you are highly well versed 
on your hometown's exploits. And uh, we had a chance to talk to, to Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think you're right. He's going to fit right into the city, the, the atmosphere, uh, what he will bring out in the fans. You know, I've been to the Meadowlands, to the Jets, and the Giants games, so mm -hmm. uh, much love to what they have in the Jets. Wow, they stole the show. They, they probably have been laughing stock for, for a bit, but not last night. You are absolutely yeah, correct. And guess what? what? They got. I think they got the the eighth pick of the of the second round. If I'm not mistaken, I think I think they got the 38th pick, something like that. They got a they got a second round pick coming up. Uh, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying in the early part of the round. Yes. So, uh, you That's, know they, yeah. they they could use that to move around. They could they could they could get some some more talent. You know, so they they they're looking good, looking yeah. good so oh, yeah. far. You know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but a, a great first round. They can't take that away from. Them. I'll say this, though. So you live in the L.A. area now. You're coming off the Rams Super Bowl, which is a big one for you, I'm sure, and everybody out there in L.A. But the New York teams have been suffering. Let's be honest. There's a reason why they're picking four and six every round, kid, and that's because they were yeah. terrible last season. Yeah, the, the last several seasons. You know, yep. the, as far as the Giants are concerned, the Daniel Jones experiment has been an, an uh, abject failure. Okay? So that's why they're not picking up his, uh, his options. He got like one last chance to like throw it over the moon. Uh, I mean, even then, I, he's just not the guy. I mean, he's had four years. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. Or three years, no. however many years no. he had. He's long enough. He got he got no. more fumbles and turnovers than touchdowns. So that's, that's, <laughs> that that doesn't work for me. And the Jets, and if, the Jets have to figure out if, who, who they have in there. Zach Wilson. He had a horrible season last year, but you know the, the whole team was horrible. You know, no protection, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, they, 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 have, they have to fix those things. They have to support these young quarterbacks. But, look, you don't, you don't, get, you don't get as much time on the clock to, to prove yourself. So, you know, and, and the, in the New York environment, that's never been the easiest to perform in. So we're going to find out what these young players, uh, these young stars, if they have it or not, on and off the field. Christopher Kidd Reed with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, you mentioned the NBA a moment ago. I know you're a huge NBA fan, always have been. Uh, how much have you been enjoying the playoffs uh, so far this year? Wow, this, this has got to be one of the best playoff seasons in recent memory. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, I, particularly off the last couple of years, coming off the bubble and then coming off last year, which was kind of a clunky year. Um, this one has been great. This has been awesome. It's been real exciting. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, I'm kind of a transplanted uh, Laker fan now. I, I usually just go wherever LeBron goes. So the, <clears throat> the Lakers had a tough time this season. My Knicks had a tough time this season. So I'm just here for the basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not, I'm not ra raising no pom-poms for anybody. Uh, I'm just enjoying it. And, and, and it's a high level. And now, now we're in the second round. It's going to get ratcheted up even more. If you do. The first round was great. Uh, you know, a lot of these underdog teams really, you know, came to play and, and show, showed out. But this, you're going to see a lot of six and seven game series in, 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 in this uh, next round. Which teams, you, yep. Which teams you enjoying most? Sixers are on, the Celtics. I mean, the East looks really, really good right now, doesn't it? Yeah, East, um, the East is, is, is good. Boston, you know, they turn it around at the, at the beginning of the year. And you know they've become a, a you know a, a real a real player in the game. Uh, uh, Philly, you know Philly's so close to New York, so you know there's there's a, there's a bit of there's a bit of love there. Uh, 
I uh, love to watch the Grizzlies. We're gonna watch the Grizzlies tonight. They're, they're playing. Uh, they're playing the Timberwolves. Uh, they're exciting. Uh, you know, Warriors obviously, and you know who 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 couldn't uh, care about the the great Chris Paul and his performance last night. I mean, he's seeing some great basketball. Great basketball. You're gonna be in Vegas. Um... Next month, it's called Boombox, a Vegas residency on Shuffle. And uh, there's a lot yeah. of people that uh, you're going to be joined up with uh, in Vegas for that residency, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I'll I tell you this. What, what, we, what we recently done is we just had a, we had a postponement on that, on that, <clears throat> excuse me, on that engagement. We're, okay. we're, going for, uh, we're going for September, right after the summer, you know, around about Labor Day. So we, we, just, we just backed it up just a little bit. So, uh, you know, we could put things uh, together the way they need to be uh, at the at the the, the uh, infamous uh, Westgate Hotel, the, the old Hilton. So, uh, yeah, we're excited about it. We're working with the uh, the artist CeeLo Green, uh, working with uh, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, working with uh, J.J. Fad, uh, so, uh, and also uh, Thea Austin, who sang uh, I Got the Power back in the days. I know that I, know that I was a big hit of you guys, man. I got the power! Right, so, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're taking it back. We're taking it back, and we're, we're looking forward to that. But um, you know, Play and I will be, will be, uh, will be gigging most of the summer all around the country. So if, if I if I get your way, I, I, I got to hit you up, Steve. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get both of y'all on stage. Okay, we're gonna do it like hey, this. Are you coming to Texas, man? You coming to Texas? Um, um, yeah. I'll actually. We're, well, I'm actually. We're actually in Dallas this weekend. Play and I have oh. a gig uh, in in Dallas this weekend. But like I said, um, you know, lots of things are coming up. So I, I definitely keep you guys in, in the loop. You know, if I'm in Texas, you know, we got to try to pull up. And I haven't been to El Paso in a long, long time. I so, know. We need you know. to see you. We need yeah, to see Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find some money over there, and I'm going to find a way to get there, man. I love, love the people of El Paso. Well, we can't wait to see you face-to-face. Follow Kid on Twitter, at Kid from Kid and Play. That's at Kid yeah. from Kid and Play. That's what's happening, man. All right, hey, you guys going to be there the whole weekend? Um, well, Foss is there till Sunday. We leave back. We go no, back we're to there till Monday. Oh, till Monday. Till Monday. Oh, kid, you going to slide through? Um, <laughs> yeah. it's too late. Now nah, I got to go to Dallas tomorrow for the show on Sunday. Ah, ah. Well, so I'm out of. I'm out of here. I'm out of here tomorrow to go to to hit to hit Dallas. If you get anywhere, you know, it, it's it's kind of like that love hate relationship. Living more central. Uh, Texas, I can get to all the cities but El Paso quickly. But man, if you do the Texas two-step and hit EP and then hit anywhere, you know, yeah. east of that on the major cities, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can find. They're trying you. to get me back to Houston. They're trying to get me back to Houston oh, to do some okay. stand-up comedy. So awesome. You know, we'll yeah, we'll stay we'll we'll, we'll stay down, man. I'll, I'll, I'll get y'all a, I'll get y'all the sketch and we'll uh, we'll figure something out, man. It'd be great to see y'all. And, Looking forward and, to it. And yep. just for people that don't know, the stand-up comedy from Christopher Kidd Reed is legit. Oh, I just need to it, let you know. He's been doing it for years. I know, but I, Come you know, on some people, now. because we all go to the music first. You know we go to the music no, first. No, that's BS. He performed <laughs> comedy in El Paso for years. What's wrong with you, Foster? The, the music is in my ears all the time, man. I get it. I'm rolling right, with right, right. So that's what I'm saying. I can't, is, I can't ever turn that off. That's right. The music is the soundtrack, oh, right? That's right. That's it, man. I get it. Kid, I get it is it. always great to hear your voice. Thanks for giving us some time today, and we appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. All right, fellas. All right, fans. Enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the draft. Let's get some money.
<laughs> the great Christopher Kid Reed uh, checking in with us here on Sports Talk. 42 pass. Come back with more in a moment right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Along with Angel Munoz producing the show for the second day in a row back at our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. We're back live in Vegas. Caesars covering the NFL draft. We've got Steve Foster here. We've got Chris Fernandez here. Uh, Adrian uh, along for the ride with me as well. A lot of local news to talk about, uh, guys. Adrian, let's talk about uh, Lou Romano tweeting out a moment ago on his last day. Uh, Lou gave us uh, a little scoop that apparently Dana Dimmel is in the works of getting a two-year contract extension at UTEP. UTEP said football coach, final year of his deal was going to be this year. Now the contract's on the table, just pending final approval with the UT system that could pay him up to $850,000 in a couple years. And that's a raise right there, what you're seeing right off the bat of about $150,000, Steve. And, you know, the real interesting part about all of this is back uh, actually in October, we wrote about how UTEP football coach Dana Dimmel, who led the Miners to a bowl appearance for the first time since 2014 this past year, uh, is the lowest paid coach in all of Conference USA. Remember, this was back in this past fall. Uh, Conference USA football coaches this past year made anywhere from between you know 740,000 uh, all the way up to 1.9 million dollars which really isn't that significant of a pay gap but you know you, you want UTEP to continue to be more aggressive in starting to pay their coaches uh, just to, just to give you perspective Will Hall at Southern Miss who really hasn't won anything Steve he already was making 800,000 a year so you know Dana Dimmel making 850 right there I think that's a that's a, a really solid improvement right there and they only do it for two years so those naysayers who maybe aren't still sold on Dana Dimmel uh, they won't even get upset at this uh, very contract friendly extension well look we've already talked about this the schedule is kind of lining up for them to have another really good shot at at winning enough games to go back to a bowl for back-to-back years and then you say well you got to take care of Dana Dimmel at that point so barring a total collapse he's in a great position and the university is doing what you expected them to do make sure that they're going to award him and you're right they're not making him a million dollar coach yet they're they're taking him up 150 but that's still considerable money when you look at it being a 20 percent raise since he was first hired and i think this uh, this is uh, justified i mean it's it goes without saying that this offseason uh, a lot of people who looked at this utap program objectively well, they were just waiting for that domino to fall where where you made it official that he would get that contract extension and get a little bit of a pay raise for what he was able to do at utap look i I know that the first two years were not good. They, they won just uh, two games in two seasons. But right after that, you know, you talk about that pandemic-shortened season. That's where things started to turn around. Yep. And then this past year, finally making a bowl game for the first time in seven years, uh, that adds to the optimism, the motivation behind, I think, the athletic department to give him this extension and give him a raise. Lou first had this story out after the New Mexico Bowl, but it's taken a few months to get to the Board of Regents where uh, – he followed up with it uh, today and, and put that up on Twitter. So good job, Lou, on that. And uh, I'm happy for Dana. I think UTEP's making the right decision here, too. And ultimately, it's going to put everything in the place it needs to be if Dana Dimmel can live, uh, can, can really, uh, you know, see and, and do with the program what he said he was going to do when he first got the job. 
turn it into a consistent winner that has a chance year after year to win six or more and go bowling. After you watch this team in spring football, you realize that things have really changed over the course of the past three years. I mean, you look three years ago, you're wondering who's going to be the quarterback for UTEP. Now you have a guy who's coming year after year. You have a, a whole pipeline uh, among uh, you know all their different positions. It could be wide receiver. It could be safety. It could be the defensive line, which is probably the deepest in the conference. The, the fact that UTEP is able to to finally build some depth, build the consistency, and start to really build themselves a program. I think that's what minor fans are really excited about. No basketball players in the portal today getting signed, uh, so no additions for the UTEP men's team. The women's team did get the addition with a point guard that played uh, last year at Oklahoma State, prior to that at North Texas. How about the news very quickly that FEODG is back in the portal after a great year at Troy? Yeah, I mean, this is, again, third school in three years right there for FEODG, but he's probably parlaying what he did at Troy and trying to get a better opportunity for himself. I mean, I, I expect him to be high major starting caliber type of player for his final season of college eligibility. Mark Clayton, who is one of Dan Marino's favorite targets in Miami, joins us live to begin our 5 o'clock hour. Stay with us. We're here in Las Vegas at Caesars. More sports talk in a moment. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk as we continue live uh, from Las Vegas, site of the NFL draft. Our first ever trip. Been enjoying it. Been a lot of fun. NFL's been great, by the way. They have really rolled out the red carpet for us. And uh, that's one thing you uh, you can't uh, you say enough about is when you have a ton of media like we have, about 500-plus people here, you treat them right, you treat them well, and NFL has been a first-class operation all the way since this whole thing started. I'll tell you what, Steve. It's been, an, it's been a great first couple days here at the draft. They really have taken care of us. Food's been great. The atmosphere's been great. Yep. The guests have been great. Radio's been f- perfect. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. We have two. Uh, the Foss has been, uh, this is what, uh, your third or fourth NFL trip that you've done with uh, NFL-related events? How many of these have you been a part of? Wow. Um, seven Super Bowl radio rows. Look at you. Uh, Flex the, on him. Can't. Flex on him. Been he's oh, he's, four times. He's flexing. He's flexing. Yeah. yeah. But this is my first NFL draft. That's and good. So, That's good. Uh, can't say uh, I would rather do it any other way. Than with the hometown crowd. Excellent. I love it. It's good to have you back as well. Thank you. Uh, he's the, the Foss, Steve Foster, Chris Fernandez, the other voice you heard uh, a moment ago. They are longtime El Pasoans, former high school rivals at Eastwood and Hanks back in the 80s. And now they both uh, live out in the Austin area and work together on Sundays uh, on Laying Down the Law on ESPN San Antonio, which hopefully we'll be able to uh, simulcast soon in El Paso. It would be great to get oh, your yeah. show at, at, on 600 ESPN El Paso and give you guys a, a second city. So hopefully we'll be able to work on that here soon enough. Our uh, live broadcast uh, brought to you by our presenting sponsor of the Window Depot. And uh, they have been terrific. So, Window Depot, thank you for making this happen, along with all of our other sponsors. And uh, there are a ton. 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Cisco Movers, Longhorn Distributing, Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocado, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto-Rooter, and CNM Body Works. And all of our online NFL draft content up on 600ESPNElPaso.com, brought to you by Roto-Rooter. So great to have them on board with us uh, for the first time here as uh, we uh, complete day two of uh, what's going to be a busy draft. You just heard a little while ago from uh, Christopher Kidd-Reed from Kid and Play. We'll have uh, Mark uh, Clayton with us on the show momentarily. And the draft is about to get underway with the Bucks on the clock. And second round action here uh, gets started here pretty soon. You know, Steve, there are a lot of great players who are still on the 
the board right now for the Bucks to go off and, and try to draft here. Uh, some think that they might go defensive line. So I, I look at Logan Hall from Houston uh, as an edge rusher or as a as a you know a interior lineman if you'd like to switch him at, at that spot. You you might even see uh, the Bucks go at, with a little bit of a reach here at this spot. Maybe they go with another defensive player, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, who's the top overall prospect coming into the second round. Or maybe they go with the cornerback Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, the cornerback like we were talking about from earlier today. So a lot of uh, opportunities for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to really flex their options here in the first, uh, excuse me, in the second round. No, I agree with you on that one completely. Um, you know, there's plenty of options in the first. Uh, the second round is going to be interesting because you got the Bucks, then the Vikings, then the Titans, Giants, Texans, and Jets. And that was a great tweet uh, a little while ago from Steve on Wrestler. Tweeted the show at 600 ESPN El Paso. Have you seen the Vegas Police Department yet? I hear the Vikings got robbed by Detroit last night. And uh, that is, first off, it's rare when you get an interdivisional draft trade. But that happened yesterday when the Lions moved up into the 12th spot, and then they took Jamison Williams. You know, it's interesting because in that haul, uh, the Vikings ended up getting a lot of late draft compensation for uh, Detroit's desire to trade all the way up. So I, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that you can hear, uh, see with this trade right here, Steve. I agree with you. Busy 5 o'clock hour, and it gets started with this guest who's uh, joining us live uh, on the 600 ESPN El Paso hotline. It is uh, just an honor to have him on the show for the first time here on Sports Talk. A man who had a chance to star for many years for the Miami Dolphins back in the 80s and early 90s. Also played for the Packers. Talking about five-time Pro Bowl uh, receiver Mark Clayton. One half of the Marks Brothers. Mark, hey, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes today. Thanks so much for calling in and joining us on the show. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mark, again... You uh, always come through. The Marx Brothers, people may know, you were part of the 83 class that had Elway, Inc. Uh, you were all pro, and I, I looked at that with James Lofton, Stallworth, all these guys. I think you should have consideration not only for the Kentucky Pro Football Hall of Fame, but for the one in Canton as well. Uh, you had an unbelievable career, and what people don't know that we need to talk about up front is what a good person you are away from the field and just as a human and uh, all the time that you've given to the charities and time for me and, and our shows. We say thank you. Hey, you're more than welcome. Mark, it's interesting because uh, when, when Steve just mentioned uh, some of those accolades, top 50 in receiving yards, you're tied for 39th, uh, also uh, tied for 13th in touchdowns. Uh, we saw how long it took Drew Pearson to get into Canton and and what that was like and, and sometimes it's hard to explain but when you look back at your body of work and what you were able to do for those uh, 10 11 seasons in Miami and then uh, the last season in Green Bay do you do you look at your body of work and say hey uh, you know what I was a Hall of Fame receiver playing uh, with one of the great quarterbacks of all time hey when I do look back I do have to say that uh, uh, my body of work stands alone you know, I think that uh, it stands up there with the best of them. It actually speaks for itself, really. And, you know, though I, I like for it to pay off for me, you know, at the end, I think that I, that's something that I, I feel like I belong in the hall. Uh, I feel like eventually it's going to happen. It's got to happen. It's just inevitable, and uh, it's only a matter of time, and uh, I, I welcome that when it happens. 
Now, the draft tonight is a lot different than the draft in 1983. Uh, first off, in 83, there were 12 rounds. Um, and there were plenty of guys in the 12th round who went on to have great NFL careers. It wasn't like you couldn't make a roster. Carl Mecklenburg was a legend in Denver, and he was a 12th rounder in that same draft in 1983. Mark Take us back to what it was like for you around draft time. You know, you're the eighth-round pick for the Dolphins and really what that whole experience was like after you finished your college career at Louisville. <laughs> you know, I, it, was, it seems like it was just yesterday. Um, I remember draft day. Um, well, quite frankly, now the coverage that, that it gets now is just like really just, just blows that coverage that they had back in the day out of the water because uh, um, all the media outlets that they have going on now and stuff in comparison to them. But uh, I was very excited about their day. Um, I was hoping to get drafted higher than I got drafted, but uh, uh, that didn't happen. But uh, So I went out to the park that day, and then I came home after I went to the park, and, um, and I got that call. It was just like, you know, uh, amazing. I just don't really know exactly how to respond because, you know, I understand the excitement that these kids are, are having now because I saw them, how they were dapping up the commissioner, man. I just, like, I felt, like, very excited for those kids, you know, and uh, very excited feeling about that day. And, uh, um, you know, the eighth round, you know, Shula called. He said, where'd you been? I told him, hey, man, uh, I, I've been waiting on you to call. He said, but we've called you before, and you you wouldn't, no one answered. He said, we started to throw your name back in the hat. I said, no, coach, but you, you can't. You already drafted me, so I'm yours. So, um, <laughs> that was a, that was a very great feeling to know that the, the Dolphins had really taken a chance and given me an opportunity to play for that organization. Hey, by the way, Mark, uh, Richard Dent was also taken in the eighth round that year, and, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So, Well, me, Steve Largent and, and John Stallworth, two receivers that were with him, in 84 and beyond that were all pros are already in. Yeah. So if you look at the people that, you know, Mark was around at that time, that's who you judge him by. And, you sure. know. But what I'm, I guess my point is, is that there were tons of great late round picks yes. in the NFL in those years that went on to, to have incredible careers. You know, nowadays, it almost seems like, Mark, if you're a sixth or seventh round pick, you're lucky to make an NFL roster sometimes. Whereas in your time, you get picked, uh, you know, you could still not only make a team, but have a chance to have Hall of Fame career just as easily. Oh, man, no question about it. Because late back in, well, in the round, late rounds today and one of my draft, it seems like that the teams were able to find those those late round diamonds in the rough. They're, you know, uh, drafting kids they really nobody really knew anything about, and and with those some of those kids, they took advantage of the opportunity to uh, have the chance to play for an NFL team. So you know, they come in hungry and and let their skills shine and speak for themselves. And a lot of those guys really were able to make the teams and and. Funny thing, you just mentioned a, a friend of mine that I just finished playing golf with, Richard Dent. Uh, you're right, we was just talking about that, about the draft, and then we actually played against him when I was in college. We were talking about the game, just taking some, uh, taking it down memory lane. It was just really just fun to do that with somebody that, to know that uh, has really made it and is in the Hall of Fame as well. Mark Clayton with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. 
18 touchdown catches in 1984, third most uh, in NFL history in one season. Nowadays, Mark, you see so many NFL offenses that are pass happy and everybody's throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. When you guys were doing it, especially with Mark Duper and Marino in the uh, 80s, you were that first team to really open it up and have the kind of offense that now we're used to, but it wasn't common to see a team throw the ball like the Dolphins did uh, in, in those days. You're right. It was, it's crazy now because uh, um, I was, we talked to – well, I'm down here in Miami right now for the, the Dolphins Classic and Draft Party that they had this weekend right here. And we were talking about uh, the day if I was playing in the league, I was like, man, I'd probably get maybe 10 to 15 targets a game in comparison to the maybe five to seven targets that I got back then. But back then, you just we knew that – that we had a lot of players on our team, too, that they could really take advantage of their skills and the opportunities that the game presented. That, uh, you know, so he had to spread, he was spreading the ball around to everybody. So we had to take advantage of the, uh, those little small opportunities as they came. And as you said, uh, a lot of people that, you know, that's not, doesn't know really about what I did back then. I was the first wide receiver to catch 18 touchdowns in the NFL history. All yep. the other guys, Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and all those guys, they came and got got me. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't know about this. So, like I said, I was very excited about that accomplishment as well, um, uh, kept breaking all those great 18 touchdowns that season. Mark, Steve Foster, hey, what about a guy like Tyreek Hill coming to Miami? What kind of guy do you think that your franchise – gets when you bring somebody like him and and now in this more passer friendly uh nfl well you know what though that was you know i think that was a great acquisition by the dolphins right there this uh Tariq hill he you know he has i mean just some eight amazing skills and the guy is just so fast is ridiculous so automatically he puts the defense on defenses on notice that he can take the top off any coverage but uh, um so I'm looking to see if Tool can take advantage of, of the opportunity to uh, throw to some of these guys that really can go get it done. Like he, like not only Tyreek Hill, they got Jalen Waddle, they had uh, uh, Mike Jacecki. I mean, they they bought in uh, and acquired and assembled a nice little team. And so I'm excited about the team and to see what they're going to do this year. One one other thing, you got a, an alum, a fellow alum, in Sam Madison coming back to the Miami Dolphins. How cool is that, you know, as y'all Louisville Cardinals uh, in college to see somebody of that caliber also come back to the Dolphins organization? I'm very excited about this. Sam is my guy. Um, but but uh, he spent the last couple of years in, in Kansas City and was able to yes. uh, uh, accomplish the Super Bowl championship within his first year of being an NFL coach. So I think that um, – Sam brings a lot to the table there for these guys. He's got Xavier Howard that's an all-pro cornerback uh, out there, one of the best in the business. So now he's got something to work with. And also, they, the Dolphins brought back uh, Patrick Sertan also, too. So he brings a lot to the table, too, also for that, that coaching staff. Mark, this is Chris Fernandez. Going into the second round uh, of picks today, what, what do you think the Dolphins are looking for to enhance the team, uh, both offensively and defensively? Well, you know, quite frankly and stuff, I don't really know the, uh, a lot of their needs and stuff and what they should still be looking for. But right now, based on what the things that they've done, the moves that they've made, I think that uh, um, 
They need to really show up the offensive line. Maybe they, they made a, uh, some a couple key acquisitions right here brought to the team. I can't think of the, the guy's name that come from Dallas. Uh, um, so they, they're, they're making some good positive moves. And with, with uh, Greer making the calls and the picks for those guys right there, I think that you know they're just going to really just solidify every position and try to uh, create and build depth at each, posi- each position. But their uh, defense is solid. Everybody's back from the defensive side, and I think that um, everybody can, you know, stand to use some depth. So whatever it is that they get, you know, I hope that it pans out for them. Mark, I, I heard a moment ago uh, Steve ask you about uh, Tyreek Hill. Who do you enjoy watching the most these days in terms of just uh, the the receivers in the league that are playing today? Man, it's a lot of guys. I love watching these guys. These guys are very exciting. I got a. I got to say Devontae Adams right off the bat. You know, that's a no-brainer right there. I got to say uh, Cooper Cup. That's another no-brainer right there. So There's just so many guys. Jamar Chase, you know, they got the, the kid in Minnesota. Oh, man, the list. I love A.J. Brown. And Do I need to say any more? No, no. <laughs> Not after $100 million. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And, 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 and don't you wish you were playing in today's game where they can't even touch you as, as a defensive uh, oh. defensive back? And Could you imagine what you could be doing in today's NFL? With the skills that I possess, man, it would be unbelievable. I tell people all the time, man, it, they would ask me, if you played in this league, uh, what do you think, what kind of numbers you will produce? I would say at, at least uh, – at least start off with twenty million a year, you know, uh, <laughs> and then I say like uh, at least a hundred plus catches right there every year, at least fourteen, fifteen hundred yards, and at least uh, ten to fifteen, uh, more than ten touchdowns, and easily more than ten touchdowns. I believe it. Hey, Mark, uh, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Thanks for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to the chance we get to do it again with you down the road. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for giving me an uh, opportunity to talk to you guys. Hey, great to hear from you. He's Mark Clayton, folks, uh, Dolphins legend, joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. 18 past, Aaron Jones getting ready to announce the second-round pick for the Green Bay Packers after a trade-up right now. We'll uh, give you that in just a moment, but first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Packers uh, just landed Christian Watson, their receiver from North Dakota State. He's got great size, 6'4". And uh, that's after trading up into the second uh, round, pick 34. And in doing so, uh, they dealt away their two picks, which uh, were, I believe, 53 and 59. Those going to the Minnesota Vikings in order to get Watson. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, as we continue live from Las Vegas, site of the 2022 NFL Draft, uh, presented by the Window Depot, and also brought to you by... Taco Avocat, Paulo Vettade Homes, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto Rooter, CNM Body Works, Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours. We jump back to the phones right now and welcome in a special guest from Raider Nation Radio. That's right, right here in Las Vegas. He is Q Myers, who you can follow on Twitter at YourBoyQ254. That is YourBoyQ254. Q Myers joining us right now. Uh, I'll tell you what, Q, it's great to have you on the show today. And uh, Vegas really knows how to throw a party, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. The party in Las Vegas is fantastic. Uh, the way that they've set up this NFL draft is fantastic. 
it's just been a whole lot of fun, man. And I'm telling you, it's only going to get better and better. Thursday was just day one. We're already starting to see some uh, great stuff for today. And as it gets a little bit later in the evening, it's just going to really, really be awesome. So, man, I'll tell you, this will not be the last time that the draft is here in Las Vegas. I'm sure. Uh, It seems like the draft is built for Vegas. And uh, what's crazy enough also is the Raiders didn't even have a pick in the first round. So think about that. You've got Vegas hosting it, and uh, they didn't even have a, a pick last night. But that's all right because you got every single team represented. Everybody's around having a good time and uh, and enjoying themselves. And the Raiders don't actually pick till the third round, right? Right. Pick 86 is what they're scheduled to have right now. But who knows how that's going to shake out. They may trade up. They may trade back. But I do know that it's going to be a fun time when the Raiders are on the on the clock because it is Las Vegas. And I'll tell you, from being down on the strip, being around the draft, being just walking around the crowd, there are so many people from Raider Nation that are walking around excited, anticipating that uh, draft pick. So when it is time for them to get on the clock, whenever they make their selection, it's going to be electric. And this city is really going to erupt. And I'm telling you, man, this has been such a fun experience, and it's just really getting started. Q, you've had a fun rise in this business, haven't you? You're a Bay Area native. You worked at ESPN out in the Central Texas area. And now you end up here in Vegas, and you're on air, program director for Raider Nation Radio. If if you're a Raider fan, it's probably a a dream come true, isn't it? Oh, no doubt about it. You know, sometimes I have to pinch myself, even to this day, that that I actually do this, and this is what I call my job. You know, just to be, like I said, that kid. Uh, they went to the Coliseum watching the Raiders, sitting in the in the black hole, sitting in the in the stands watching the games, to now being on the radio every single day talking about the Raiders. I just literally left the Raiders facility, and I did a show, a pre-draft show with JT the Brick, with Kirk Morrison and Eric Allen. And I'm just sitting there kind of like a kid in a candy shop. Like, are you kidding me? This is what I'm doing right now? And I'm getting a paycheck for it? So, yeah, it, it's an absolute dream come drop. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. And, and like I said, it, it, it doesn't get any better than this. What's the mindset for the Raider Nation uh, heading into uh, their their third-round pick in the rest of this draft? You know, I think it's just really uh, excitement on what direction the team is going to go because you look at it, you already have Devontae Adams. You know, when I was watching the first round yesterday and they got to pick 22, which is a pick that they had originally before the trade, I said, okay, is there a player available right now that I'd rather the Raiders have than Devontae Adams? And the answer was easy. It was no. There's not one player in this draft that I would rather the Raiders have at pick number 22 than Devontae Adams, and that's who they have. So I think that Raider Nation is excited about just what they're going to do next because the team already looks good. I feel like this team is actually better right now than they were last season, and they made the playoffs last season. They won 10 games, but they didn't have Devontae Adams. They didn't have an excellent play caller in Josh McDaniels. They didn't have Chandler Jones. I mean, there's a lot of additions that they already did. I feel like they won in free agency already. Now, you don't win games in free agency, but you make your team better. So now it's just, okay, plug in some holes, bring in some depth, get some guys that you feel like can develop into some really good players like a Max Crosby did when they got him in the fourth round or a Nate Hobbs a year ago, they got him in the fifth round. I mean, I just think that they're they're in a no-lose situation unless they completely just blow it in the draft. And I don't think they're going to do that because the new regime seems to be really confident and really secure with what they're doing. Q. First of all, i got to say thank you for being a great host. Um, you know, wherever you go, uh, you build a consensus of your peers, and you try to anyway, and the bridges that have been built over the years. Thank you uh, again now hosting here in, in Vegas. Well, one of the things that, you know, not just 
the Raiders, but all the teams, um, they, they come in with expectations. One that I got to talk to you about, you're an AFC guy, the Jets. They just took Brees Hall off the board. I think wow. the Jets are really trying to make not only a statement, but a team that can at least offensively compete almost as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't have the experience, wow. but, but, man, would they be able to put up or, or, or the Chargers. I mean, this is crazy. Man, I'll tell you, the Jets are doing are knocking it out of the park. They're doing a great job. They really are. I think they were the winners from day one. And if they started off day two with Reese Hall, that's a great pickup. And I'm glad you informed me on that. I didn't get to didn't get to see that, but what a great draft they're having right now. They're showing that they know what they're doing, which has been a nice change from what we've seen from the Jets for a while, right? I mean, they have a lot of young talent on their team, but now they got to put it together. But with what they were able to do, get three quality players in the first round, especially two defensive guys. Oh man, I think that they're I think that they're in a good a good position. Again, Robert Sala, the coach, he's gotta he's gotta make things work, you know, put it all together. You gotta make sure that Zach Wilson is really the guy, but at least they're putting weapons around him and then defensively, because Robert Sala is a defensive minded head coach, they're also giving him the tools that he needs. Sauce Gardner, you get Sauce Gardner uh, as the second defensive back off the board in New York. If that marriage works out, can you imagine how, how fantastic that's gonna be for the player and the team? Man, I, I'm excited about the direction that the Jets are going for sure. Q, I am a long-suffering Jets fan the last 40-plus years, and I've seen lots of garbage uh, from the draft from them. I have never seen four picks to start off a draft from this organization like they have so far this year. Now, they've never put on the Jets jersey. They've never played on Sundays. But just basing it on everything we know, this is as good as it gets from this franchise by far. No doubt, no doubt. And hey, I, I totally understand, you know, when you something that looks like some competency, you know, something that's like, hey, this is actually positive. Hey, it looks like they know what they're doing. It gives you that, that excitement level. It gives you that energy where, okay, I can get behind this. Now, of course, like we keep saying, you've got to put it together on the field, but you've got to have ingredients. If you go to the store and you get a bunch of bottom-of-the-barrel ingredients and they're not worth salt, you're not going to put together a good meal. But if you can get the good ingredients and you have a cook that can put it all together – Oh, man, now you're in a good position. So that's going to be the coaching staff, you know, job to go and put it all together and make that great meal. But as far as the ingredients, man, they're getting them. It, it's, I, I'm telling you, I'm not a Jets fan, but the Jets are doing some good things. No, they really are. Now, I, I don't know what this is going to mean to Michael Carter because he had a pretty good season last <laughs> year, but he's not Brees Hall. Let's put it that way. Yep. Right. So, right. Well, you, right. can have a, you can have multiple guys, right? You can have multiple monsters there, man. I mean, hey, look, this, right. league is, right. this league is one of those that you got to have as many players as possible. <laughs> well, the, the Raiders do it, you know. Uh, Josh Jacobs, but, you know, he had some spells with a couple of backup running backs that, you know, had yep. the ability to, to, you know, not take those hits. And I know firsthand uh, what it's like. And if you can get somebody to spell you, there, there's no shame in that. The Cowboys do it. And a lot of other teams, yep. quality teams, have more than one rusher. Yeah, and you, you know, you look no at, doubt, you look no at doubt. It's not like you're seeing the, the the heydays of 25 to 30 carries a game. You know, you're, you're seeing them split their carries, and that's fine. Plus, catch the ball in the backfield. That's good. I like Hall a lot, man. I'm glad that he went to the Jets. I think that's going to be a good location. Robert Sala is going to be excited to have a nice a nice little running back like Hall. Hey, Q, this is Chris. Looking over the draft, you know, first round and going into the second round, what are some of the drafts that are what are some of the picks that have surprised you throughout the first round? 
Well, you know, I, I have to look at uh, at the Cowboys pick. You know, Tyler Smith, the the, the uh, guy, the, the offensive lineman out of Tulsa. Um, I, I didn't think that that was a good pick at that spot. Now he might end up being a really good player, but I know that he uh, is, a, is a penalty machine. And I know the Cowboys just got away with uh, getting rid of Connor Williams, who was a uh, turnover, not a turnover machine, but a penalty machine. So I don't think that that's a, that was a good decision. I think that they need to have an, an offensive lineman that's a lot more disciplined. And the fact that they had uh, Johnson on the board, the edge rusher from uh, Florida State, they had him available. The Cowboys, as you guys know, have been very lucky where they have really great players fall to them, like C.D. Lamb, like they had uh, – uh, Michael Parsons fall to him. You know, they've had so many dudes just fall to him, and, and they went and, got, and, and benefited from him. Even Lyle Collins, when he dropped out of the draft, and they were able to pick him up. Randy Gregory in the second round. All these guys have just happened to fall in their lap, and they had Johnson right there. They could have picked him up to replace Randy Gregory, who's now in Denver, and they went with the young man out of Tulsa, and I just didn't think that was a very good pick. I thought that was one of the, the worst picks, actually, in the, in the first round, so... Uh, the Cowboys didn't get use their magic, uh, ru- la- their lucky rabbit foot uh, with that pick for sure. <laughs> Q Adrian over here. Want to ask you about some of the wide receivers who are still available? Sky Moore from Western Michigan, John Mechie the third from Alabama, George Pickens from Georgia. Who's your favorite out of this bunch? You know, I just I like uh, I like Pickens a lot, and I like Sky Moore. Mechie is a heck of a player, no doubt, but he's coming off the torn ACL, so that bothers me. You know, unless you're a team that can afford to have a guy, you know, just sit there and, and, and continue to rehab like Detroit. You know, they, they get uh, Jamison Williams, his college teammate, and they know that they're not trying to win this year. So they can allow him to rest and heal and, and, and be rehabbed and then go out there and play. So if you're a team like that where you're just trying to stack the deck for a little bit later on, uh, then I'm okay with, you know, you going after an injured guy. But I like Sky Moore a lot. I like, uh, I, I like Pickens a lot. I think both those guys can play. I think a lot of this, there's still some really good players available. They're just not elite players, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. We're talking with uh, Q Myers right now here on Sports Talk uh, as we continue uh, here on the program. And again, you can catch if you're a Raiders fan, uh, you're gonna you're just you're loving this conversation because uh, you can catch Q uh, with. The Vegas uh, Radio Network for the Raiders. That's right, Raider Nation Radio. It's 9.20 a.m. You can also follow him on Twitter at YourBoyQ. And then the number is 254. That's YourBoyQ254. And check out uh, his work at LVSportsNetwork.com. All right, as we wrap it up with you, Q, and I appreciate it, the AFC West is going to be an absolute powerhouse uh, these next <laughs> few years, isn't it? Yep. When you look at what everybody in that division is doing, and you look at the Chargers draft last night and giving Herbert even more protection to throw the ball like they did with that pick, it just seems like top to bottom, the hardest part is going to be trying to figure out who doesn't make the playoffs because it's so stacked. Right, exactly. I was just talking about this earlier today. You know, the AFC West literally could be a division where a nine-team win makes a nine-team win uh, makes the uh, the playoffs. Just because I think all these teams are going to beat themselves up, beat each other up throughout the course of the year. I don't think anyone's sweeping anybody. You know, every team looks like they're really, really good with really good quarterbacks and great players. And and think about this: this will be the key to the success of the AFC West. How are your tackles looking? Because every single team in the AFC West, I know we talk about quarterbacks and talk about offensive firepower. Every team in the AFC West has guys that can get to the quarterback, guys that can rush the quarterback from both sides. So your tackles, not just one, you have to have two quality tackles to keep your quarterback healthy. So that's really going to be the key to the whole season for the AFC West. 
whose tackles are going to be the most solid. That's the team that's going to win the division. Well done. Well said. Hey, appreciate it, Q. Great job today on the show. And, hey, thank you again for all the time and being a part of it. No doubt about it. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Enjoy what you do. Hey, man, are we going to talk offline? It's Friday night in your town. <laughs> that's right. Well, I got to go to the facility. I got to do some work at the facility, but that's all right. It's early. Friday nights are, are, are endless in, in this town. Fair wow. enough. <laughs> uh, the good news is you, you got a lawyer in your corner, Q. That's for sure. So it's like you get out. It's like a get out of jail oh, free card with the false. <laughs> so, exactly. I love that for all of Hell, us. You think I don't know that already? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to take Adrian and, uh, and and Cappy. I want to show them the town a little. They're leaving tomorrow, and uh, who better yet to uh, to be our Pied Piper? Yeah, let me know. I'm there. Just let me know. Okay. I'll be at the facility after, right after the draft, but then after that, it's a beeline. Let's go. It's on. All awesome. right. All right. He's Q Myers, folks, joining us here on Sports Talk 37 Pass. We're live in Vegas at uh, the Caesars and the NFL Media Headquarters. More in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 TSPN El Paso. Sports Talk continues. Top of the hour, Babel Offenberg is going to join us live at 6. Then Tim Haggerty and Chihuahua's Baseball, bottom of next hour. Chihuahuas in Reno right now, along with the Foss, Steve Foster, Chris Fernandez, Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We sent the Foss out to try to go find Aaron Jones. This is interesting. He made the Packers selection about 20 minutes ago, and after that, Adrian, he's somewhere around here. We're just giving the Foss the opportunity to try to find him. You know, Foss always works his magic. Maybe he can work his magic again. We could sandwich uh, Aaron Jones in for a little while. Uh, and, you know, we've got a great 6 o'clock hour anyways, so uh, a lot of great stuff coming up here on on sports talk as we close out our draft coverage i agree you know and, and if and if, if 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 everything holds true it shouldn't be too hard to find him because aaron is wearing his sombrero today yes he is so hopefully hopefully the foss will be able to track him down and bring him over our way what do you guys think of the christian walker pick that the packers took uh with the second pick of the of the second round yeah it's interesting steve because that's a guy who uh is probably your marquez valdez scantling replacement right away you needed that big physical wide receiver now an interesting part as well is while while most packer fans think yeah uh green bay is just passing up on guys left and right as far as receivers rob domovsky just tweeted out that uh, he heard that Mar uh, Marquise Brown, who is dealt away from the Ravens over to the Cardinals, he was in play for the Packers as well. But the trade, comp or I guess, like the trade compensation, wasn't enough to make that move a, a reality. Instead, the Ravens trade uh, for the 23rd overall pick. They take the center out of Iowa, a Linderbaum, yep. and uh, yeah, they'll be splitting away from Hollywood Brown and, and uh, Lamar Jackson's connection with him. That's right. Um, uh, some other picks to talk about: Logan Hall. Went uh, to the Bucks uh, first pick of the second round. Uh, he is a guy that 6'6", 283 with Houston, ranked as the seventh best defensive end uh, in the draft. He leads off uh, the second round here going to Tampa. Lean interior lineman if you want to put him inside, or he's that bulky outside pass rusher that you could throw out. Uh, I really like Logan Hall a lot. Some thought that he would fall, uh, he would actually go into the, the first round, but instead he's the first pick of the second round. I think this is a great pick by Tampa Bay. I agree, Adrian. I think he's one of those guys that you can move him to the interior, but he's also effective from the outside. I think it's a good add. 
Meanwhile, after the Watson pick, the Titans, uh, they took Roger McCreary from Auburn uh, with the third overall pick of the, of the round. And a guy that 5'11", ranked as a top 50 prospect, was, was kind of grading out to be maybe uh, a bottom of the second round uh, corner. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one. I, I really don't understand it because they had to trade with the Jets to move up and get him. They didn't go for Booth Jr. from Clemson. They didn't go for Taylor Britt from Nebraska or even Woolen from UTSA. Those are the top three cornerbacks that you're looking at in day two. Instead, they go with the guy who's uh, late in the cornerback position, uh, McCreary from Auburn. I did not have him on my radar, Steve. So a little bit of a head-scratcher again by the Titans, who moved out of the first round in the first place. So, yeah, kind of strange for Tennessee so far. I don't think anybody expected the Jets to take Brees Hall, but I don't think the Jets expected Brees Hall to be available. I think it's as simple as that. They have Michael Carter, but they thought, you know what, we've got a workhorse back who's on the board who isn't supposed to be. Let's take him, and now we can combine the two, Hall and Carter, and have that great one-two punch in the running game. I like the fact that NFL teams are prioritizing using two running backs, but I think this one's a little bit puzzling as well, because again, they trade up to try to get this one. The Giants is, are their trade partners. Yeah. I'm not sure if those subsequent teams like Houston, Atlanta, Chicago, those teams would have really taken uh, Brees Hall at that position. I, I think the drop-off also and running back when you're just talking about uh, the difference between Brees Hall and maybe the second-ranked running back in Kenneth Walker. Uh, I don't think it's that substantial right there. You look at what Seattle just did. They just took Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State right now with uh, with their recent pick. So I, I really like that one for Seattle. Not sure if I like that one from the Jets so early into the second round. Uh, the Texans draft Jalen Petrie, a 5'11", 198-pound safety out of Baylor. Fourth-ranked safety in the draft. Uh, there were others that might be a little higher, higher ranked than Petrie, but he goes, uh, he goes to the Texans. I, I'm not too surprised here because the uh, I, I don't think this is a deep safety class right now at all, Steve. So if you're able to get Jalen Petrie here early on, you secure that safety position if you're Houston, and then you get to move on here in the in the coming rounds. Chris, what about Arnold Debakiti going over to uh, the Falcons with the sixth pick in the draft in the second round? A guy that uh, started Penn State and uh, considered uh, one of the better uh, you know, defensive ends in this draft class. You know, Penn State consistently puts out some really good de defensive talent. I think it's a good move. Anytime you can get one of these guys who can, who can come on the edge and, and make it happen, I think, I think it's, a good, it's a good pick for him. Adrian, after that, Kyler Gordon goes uh, to the Bears with the seventh pick of the second round, 39th overall. Here is a, uh, another very highly regarded corner out of Washington, a guy that has quick feet, played in the uh, Pac-12, now gets his chance in the Chicago secondary. Yeah, a great, uh, a great secondary draft for uh, Washington. As you saw, McDuffie drafted in the first round. Now you're seeing uh, uh, Kyler Gordon. That's the first pick that the Chicago Bears had going into this draft. So uh, that, this is a big one for Chicago. They needed this to happen, and a, a great day for the Washington Huskies secondary. Yep. Um, meanwhile, um, Minnesota, go, uh, they one of their uh, top uh, offensive uh, or outside linebackers ends up going to Seattle at eight. That was uh, another pick that uh, they got value, I think, on the offensive uh, on the uh, on the outside linebacker front. And then the second running back taken, Kenny Walker. You mentioned a Michigan State going uh, so back to back picks 
for uh, you know for the Seahawks. Now I'm looking at James Cook, which we all know that's Dalvin Cook's younger brother. Uh, Minnesota picks 27th in the second round. Wouldn't it be interesting if they paired the two Cook brothers together? Uh, I, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch, Steve, just knowing uh, that th- there could be more teams on the horizon here in the second round looking for a running back. But if he falls, maybe the Vikings decide to take him at 27th in the second round. When will N'Kobe Dean be drafted, Chris? I don't, you know, it's a, I, I'm not looking I'm going to be. I'm going to be 100 with you. I'm not looking to see who, who who's interested in him, but could be Minnesota. Yeah, it looks like could be Minnesota. Well, they just moved up. I'm curious to know if they're going to try to go after uh, of Cook and his brother. That would be really interesting if it, if that's the case. So you have many uh, brothers playing together in the NFL. I know of two great ones. There you go. That play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, interesting to see if that could happen again. The Foss went on a mad goose chase to try to find Aaron Jones and bring him on the show. How'd it go? Talk to him. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. All right. How'd it go? I gave him the numbers for the last four numbers backwards. You did what? I gave him the last four numbers because he said he would call in, but I gave him the hotline numbers backwards. I said 6'6 six, six instead of 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six. Wait, you saw Aaron Jones? Why don't you just bring him over here? Yeah. Because the shuttle was leaving or he would have. You're kidding. No. Oh. This care. could be the great Foss flop of the draft. Fumble. No. A major fumble from what is normally a sure-handed player. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. But listen here. I mean, enough to remember the, no, you most you, of the number, but I, I, for some reason I went 6-6-6-5. Six, 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 I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully he may have called in before and maybe no, the number pops no, up. No, no, no. no you, you, you completely botched this one up like a champion. Wow, I can't believe you saw him. I can't believe he agreed He was going to come, but they said the shuttle was leaving. <laughs> and so he said, he's here till tomorrow. I said, maybe we'll get a chance to catch up. I said, Cappy is ready for you if you can give a call. He said, sure. And so I went, and then. he gave the wrong number. That is the last, unless. Yeah, how do you come back from that? You can't. You can't. That is a that is a. Maybe fatal, I said six five six six. That is a. Fatal I, I, I feel flaw I feel uneasy about the last four numbers. I think I said six five six six. You did not say six five six six. I, you, I no. could have. No, you you just said you you just said you screwed up the numbers. I feel like I messed up. I feel like Foss. Uh, I feel like this this could be uh, this could haunt us tonight. You know oh, that. Man. You know what I could do? But I could tweet to him. I've got, a, I've got a cell number. All right. Well, then tell him to call. Right. We'll come. He doesn't answer my calls. We'll come back. <laughs> oh, but at least um, he stops and talks to yes. me and agrees yes. to call your show. That's that's good. Babe so Loff, between yes. you and Cappy, we got oh nothing. Oh, my God. Babe Lantz, exactly. Uh, Babe Loffenberg will join us live uh, wow. at 6 o'clock as we continue live uh, from the NFL Draft here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Along with Adrian Broaddus, the Foss, Steve Foster, and Chris Fernandez, I'm Steve Caplow. It's good to have you back here. Live uh, from Caesars, the NFL Media Workroom, where we've been broadcasting the show for the last two days. We've got only 30 minutes left. Uh, it's, it's a very sentimental feeling since we're going to be leaving, getting you ready for Chihuahua's baseball uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. But nonetheless, uh, our thanks to the Window Depot, our presenting sponsor. Also, thanks to all of our sponsors, including Roto-Rooter, CNM Body Works, Cisco Movers, Longhorn Distributing, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours, Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocat, and Expert HVAC and Refrigeration. 
Uh, joining us right now as we uh, begin our final hour is a man who went through this a few years ago, that great 1983 draft. You know, Mark Clayton of the Dolphins joined us earlier in the show. He was an eighth-round pick. Well, Babel Offenberg was a sixth-round pick in that same 1983 draft. You know him for all of his years with the Cowboys and the Cowboys Radio Network. What you might not realize was that Babe was drafted by Washington that year on the final pick of the sixth round. Babe, great to have you back on the show today. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And uh, let me tell you what's interesting. So I had a, a number of uh, Luke's friends. So Luke, my son, who passed, obviously was at UTEP, and we're still connected there, as you well know. But uh, I, I always had a draft party on my patio, and all him, Luke and all his buddies would come over like, you know, from eighth grade on. And uh, we took a, about a two-year hiatus here. But they, they came back last night. Coach Garrett joined us, and uh, they, they, one of them said, Mr. Lopner, what, what round were you taking, and which round were you taking? And I said, you know, it's the first day draft pick, and they all went, oh, man. Well, in those days, the first day went one through six, rounds one through six. <laughs> so they, I just say, I was a first day draft pick, and they immediately think, oh, my God, first rounder. So then I said, uh, <laughs> I said, no, nah, I got I to gotta be honest with you guys. I said, rounds one through six were Tuesday, rounds Seven through twelve were Wednesday. <laughs> I love it, uh, babe. By the way, uh, we were trying to get uh, Jason on the show yesterday because, as you might know, uh, that was uh, Steve Foster's quarterback at Princeton when they were playing college ball Absolutely. together. And now uh, I know why Foss couldn't get uh, Jason Garrett because he was too busy at uh, the draft party. Hey, but he still well, should have called him, in. I would have just still should have called phone. in, babe. Yeah. What's that? I said, if I had known, I would have just handed him the phone and said, here, get on. Get on with these guys. Oh, Foss, that you're 0 for 2. Foss, you're <laughs> 0 for 2. You are 0 for 2 today. Babe, so. I didn't know he was with you at your house. You know, I, I, I'm not my quarterback's what? keeper. <laughs> I get that quarterback well, keeper. Let, okay, let me just tell right. you, if you follow me on Twitter, at Babe Laufenberg, you know, I posted a photo from the soiree last night on our porch. Oh. Jason's in it. Matter of fact, he took it. The selfie. He's the king of the selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You take a look. Uh, by Go the way, Laufenberg, and you'll see. How was the uh, How was the Laufenberg draft party last night? Oh, it was great. You know, I really love uh, all Luke's buddies, and we had about uh, oh gosh six or seven of those guys over, and then uh, again, Coach Garrett and I. I made wings. I got thirteen pounds of wings. They ate every last one of them, I, and I, I, I barbecued them. You know, I did them on the grill, three different batches, and I swear I could have got 50 gal- or fifty pounds of wings, and they could have eaten them. They just got, I said, you guys want more? And they're like, uh, yeah, we'll have a couple. <laughs> it's amazing how many chicken wings a young men can put down. Babe, want to want to switch uh, our our conversation real quick. It's Adrian back here, and want to localize it. Talk some UTEP real quick. Uh, we're hearing reports that Dana Dimmel is getting a two year contract extension. Uh, your thoughts on this, and uh, do you do you believe that Dana Dimmel's deserving of a contract extension? Not trying to shift it too much from draft, but just want to get a little UTEP talk and conversation from you. No, um, I'm, I did not know that, but I'm all for it. Um, I think they've made, you know, the first couple of years uh, under Coach Dimmel obviously were tough, and there was a lot to 
you know, as I started getting involved there, a lot to turn around in that program. But I think the last two years, certainly the arrow has been pointing up. And I know every team can point to, a, you know, two games a year and say, wow, we could have won that one. We could have won that one. But, uh, shoot, I was at the North Texas game last year, who they will, as you guys well know, open with this season. And, uh, you know, they, they get they get beat deep in the last minute of the game and shouldn't have happened, but it did. And I think those are the kinds of things where, you know, they'll start turning the corner and winning those games. But obviously, you know, got to a bowl game last year for the first time since, what, 2014. So I, I think there's no doubt the, uh, the program is headed in the right direction. And, you know, a lot's going to depend on Gavin Partisan, and I'm a big believer in him at quarterback. He'll wear number two. And, uh, no, I look forward to some big things this year. Babe Offenberg with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Babe, I do follow you on Twitter. Oh, so will you just stop so, so it with you know. this? Oh, no, I'm, just, I'm just letting him know that it wasn't. It wasn't. Come on, not, come on, that's my guy. What are you so Babe worried about? Babe comes on our show. No, I'm, I'm worried so? about nothing. Oh. I'm just saying. He he was mentioning. I'm, well, of you course. Well, I, you didn't look at his tweets. Uh, his no, Twitter last we night. Were, that's we all. were actually off air. Uh-huh. By the time Jason got to them, I, ah. I did the study. Oh, that's what it was. All right, sure. That's the story, and you're going to stick with it, right? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Look, Babe has come on. has been great. Um, and to have the connection to our hometown That's right. is even better. And, and that will be a, a lifelong thing. So, no, Babe Laufenberg is, hey, tops in my book. I'll tell you what, Babe. You know, people always think about you for your time in Dallas uh, with the Cowboys and Troy Aikman. But you were also with, um, you know, Dan Fouts in San Diego. You were with Joe Theismann in Washington. Uh, you had some some great quarterbacks you had a chance to work with along the way before you arrived in Dallas. Oh, yeah, I've been around. Uh, shoot, I was at Stanford uh, my freshman year, and John Elway came the next year. <laughs> so I came to Dallas in 88, and then they drafted Troy Aikman about a week later. So I always said, I may not have been a great quarterback, but you put me on your team. And there's one coming right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't agree with that, babe. I don't agree. You can't get into camp, and you can't have the opportunities that you have. And, again, everybody thinks they're an armchair quarterback. And the reason why they say armchair is because they can't line up under center or get in the shotgun position and move a team down the field. You, you know how difficult that is. Oh, yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, I hate guys like Aikman and Montana and those guys because they make it look easy, and you just want to say to them, hey, this is not easy. And, you, you know, Mahomes is kind of that way a little bit now. You want to say it's not easy, and you, you're making it look easy, and you're making us look a lot worse in comparison because you make it look so easy. But, you know, the quarterbacks have been around Doug Williams in Washington, uh, as you mentioned, Theismann, and, uh, you know, Troy here. But also, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I, I was around great coaches. I had Bill Walsh. My freshman year at Stanford, uh, Joe Gibbs for three and a half years in Washington. Played for Jimmy Johnson, obviously, here in Dallas for two years. So uh, I was around some really talented and Hall of Fame coaches. You know, Joe Gibbs, Bill Walsh, uh, Jimmy Johnson, three guys in the Hall of Fame. And I was around some fun coaches, too, because after I left Stanford, I played for Lee Corso at Indiana. So I I had some fun and (laughs) fun coaches. I had some really knowledgeable coaches. Babe, before we wrap things up with you, give me your thoughts on the Cowboys uh, picking Tyler Smith yesterday uh, near the end of the first round from Tulsa. Was that a pick that went over well at the uh, Laufenberg draft party last night? <laughs> well, 
Get on the Twitter. Get on my Twitter because I did a video as the pick came in. I did it. I recorded it live, and one of the kids at the end, I said, oh, "What do we think of the drive?" And they're all they're all a little nonplussed. But of course, it's an offensive lineman from Tulsa, so these kids really didn't know who that was. But one of them at the very end of it says, "It's like getting socks for Christmas." I got got a big kick out of that one but I always look at it this way uh, briefly they they took him for a reason right? we may not know Tyler Smith, I'm sure nobody watched Tulsa play many times this year, on and on and you certainly don't watch the left tackle uh, if you're watching the game but they, they clearly you know, when they're in that draft room, all these teams, it's funny because we all say, why would you take that guy? Well, for whatever reason, that team wanted that guy. And so uh, I defer to the coaching staff. I defer to the scouting staff that that was the guy that, for whatever reason, they had pegged him as their guy. They're certainly happy they got him. I know he's happy to be here. He's a he's a local kid. He's actually from a Fort Worth suburb. So he, he's thrilled to be a Dallas Cowboy. Babe, you know, uh, you, you, you had a nice career in the NFL because you played uh, a 10 years. Uh, at the same time, you were drafted by the San Francisco Giants. I always wonder, what if Babe Laufenberg would have chosen baseball over football and pursued a professional <laughs> baseball career? Um, I, I don't want to sound egotistical, but I would have said two or three Cy Young Awards, maybe. <laughs> nice. I mean, I was a, I was a pitcher. You know, it's funny, I, I really liked football more than baseball, um, but I liked baseball as well. But you, I think everybody, every athlete that has an opportunity to kind of play both always wonders, you know, what would have happened if, you know, you'd gone this route. Um, but, you know, obviously hard to make it in baseball, even first-rounders. That was, that's what I always say. The beauty of football was you, you went to camp as a rookie, and you either made it or you didn't make it. Right, you didn't go to Triple A, you didn't go to Double A, you didn't. You know, there's a lot of 27 year old guys in the minor leagues, baseball, who never got to the bigs. So the one good thing about football, you found out pretty quickly: was I going to be a professional football player or was I not? And uh, but again, it would have been interesting to uh, you know see how a baseball career would have turned out. No doubt. By the way, um, as we wrap this up with you right now, oh, excuse me, Steve. I'll give you one better, though. I also played basketball, and I've got letters from Bobby Knight, Dick Vital, who was at wow. Detroit University or University of Detroit. I don't even know if they still play basketball. It's, it's funny going through these. And basketball was my first love. I loved, I loved basketball. But I did look around. I said, I don't see a whole lot of 6'3 power forwards in the NBA, so that may not be my best round. <laughs> Can you... Can you one day tweet out those letters for us and uh, let us get a chance Absolutely. to see some of them? I'll find them. I got them somewhere. That'd be great. Absolutely. I would love to see those. That'd yeah. be good. So do that for sure. Follow Babe Laufenberg on Twitter, at Babe Laufenberg. That is, once again, at Babe Laufenberg. How about the fact that we're almost 50 picks into this draft and still there's only been one quarterback taken so far, babe? Yeah, you know, and what's funny is, obviously, Everybody kind of said, not a great draft for quarterbacks, but when, once, watch what happens. Once one of these guys get taken, there will be a little bit of a run on quarterbacks. You'll, you'll see four of them go within 10 picks. And it happens every draft. It happens at different times in the draft. Sometimes it'll be the fourth round. I remember a number of years ago with Christian Hackenberg and uh, 
Matter of fact, it was the DAC year. All of a sudden, fourth round came came, and everybody started trying to find their quarterback at that point. So that'll happen again this year. I will say Sam Howell is the guy I really like. Um, I liked him better uh, than Pickett, to be quite honest. He would have been my pick. And I wasn't, I wasn't high on Malik Willis. I mean, he's a great athlete. What's interesting to me is, and you guys have been hearing it, everybody's talking about him first round. Could he go six to Carolina? And then they'd say he's a project. Well, you, you don't take a first round with, as a project, right? So we'll see where it all shakes out. I'll tell you the other guy, like, very quickly, and you, you saw him, Steve. Bailey Zappi, when he was at, came in for that opener, I was on the field for that one against UTEP. I was very impressed, and he went to Western Kentucky uh, from Houston Baptist, had a good career. I see him as a nice mid-round pick and a guy that's going to have a six- to ten-year career. You know, he's going to be a Chase Daniel, Gardner, Minshew, somebody like that, where somebody's going to be happy to have him as their backup. Happy you mentioned Zappi. I love Bailey Zappi. You're right about that. Yeah. He was great at Houston Baptist and unbelievable Western last year when he played for Western Kentucky. So, hey, uh, terrific catching up with you. Look forward to seeing you in El Paso because before you know it, it'll be UTEP football season. And you had your UTEP football, you had your UTEP hat on yesterday during the draft party. You always I rep sure out uh, the, the minors, which we <laughs> love. And it's, uh, it's going to be fun to see you again when you come back to town, babe. Absolutely, and very quickly, we're having another fundraiser for the Luke Wathenberg Nutrition Station, which is up and running at UTEP there in the weight room, and going to have all the guys again, Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman and Dirk and Darren Woodson, and all, all these guys are going to come out and help support it. So we're going to send some more money uh, that way right about the end of May. When will that be? That'll be the end of May? Yes, it will. Okay, let's May touch 19th, base before exactly. that. Say that again? Pardon me? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right, babe. Hey, great catching thanks, up thanks again for and thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, and babe, Absolutely. we'll help we'll help as well. So we'd love to have you on the show and uh, get that information out for our listeners too in Central Texas that support as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. You got it. He's Babe Loffenberg, folks. Follow him on Twitter at Babe Loffenberg. And, again, excited about the fact that he's got another big special fundraiser coming up for the Luke Loffenberg uh, Foundation and the uh, Fight uh, Luke Fight uh, Foundation, which is what UTEP is all about. We'll come back, wrap it up with Tim Haggerty, and uh, we'll say so long from Las Vegas in the NFL Draft right after this 600 ESPN El Paso. So many thank yous, by the way, before I bring Tim Haggerty on the show. Uh, I want to thank the Window Depot, our presenting sponsor, making this happen for us. And I want to thank all of our sponsors because they have really been great. We've been talking about them for the last two days, and you've been hearing them on the show quite a bit. Um, and we'll list them in order. Longhorn Distributing, Cisco Movers, Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours, Palo Verde Homes, Taco Avocado, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Roto-Rooter, and CNM Body Works. They have all been great great sponsors bringing us in uh really adrian we owe a special thank you to angel muñoz for producing the program back at our 600 espn el paso lubingo studios and a big thank you to these two uh the foss steve foster and chris fernandez coming out joining us and being a part of the broadcast for the last two days yeah foss and chris were awesome all the this whole week and uh they helped us uh immensely in our draft coverage from all the different press conferences we attended from the videos that they were able to grab the interviews the photos uh big big shout out to chris and, and foss for joining us on this trip no well, thanks for having us i mean it's important to me and as you've known for all the hits to have the opportunity which is special to represent home 
and y'all do it every week and to be able to come alongside and to help enhance a team that's already stellar it's a bevy of riches it's a dream come true for a kid from el paso love that i love the fact that we brought chris on because chris still has family living in el paso right now right. so they're able to tune in your brother's living there and you got family that's getting able to listen to you the last I, couple of days i do i've got a lot of family there and, and and they and my oldest brother paul listens to you guys daily he he was excited he had us on at uh, fort bliss at logan gym for everyone to hear yesterday so awesome Thank you to both of you for allowing me the opportunity to join this team for, for a couple days. It's been an absolute blast for me to do this. Nah, we'll get Aaron Jones soon, Foss. We'll get Aaron Jones soon. We'll get Aaron Jones yeah. soon. Yeah. Oh, and we'll boy. bring this up to him. We'll ask him about this one it's, you know, when, when, you, when you gave him the wrong number. That's, that, that's good. Um, guys, you get to be a part of something we do every Friday on this show. It's awesome. It's called Story Time. It's when Tim Haggerty, the voice of the El Paso Chihuahuas, delivers a story that could be sports-related, baseball-related, might not be, but it's something he does a little research with. It's a little bit off the wall. Sometimes it could involve aliens, could involve murders or other unsolved mysteries, and it's definitely something that uh, we love to end the week with before a Chihuahuas game. So, Hags, why don't you give us the latest installment to story time here as we continue uh, from Las Vegas in the NFL draft. This weekend, we go to Queensland, Australia, Black Mountain. This is a mysterious mountain. It's Bermuda Triangle-like. People have been disappearing there for decades. In 1872, for example, Philip Grainer went looking for his missing calf. Grainer, his horse, and the calf never returned. There was a notorious Australian criminal in the 19th century named Sugarfoot Jack. He and his accomplices fled to Black Mountain after a shootout. After a thorough search, they were never seen again. Then, 1882, two cattlemen disappear while looking for a stray cattle, as did one of the policemen looking for them. And then the second police officer did return, but was, quote, completely unhinged and unable to provide a coherent report of what happened at Black Mountain. The stories continue. Gold prospectors, people who purposely went to this mountain looking to solve the other disappearances, some of them have never returned either. And the word is, guys, uh, this was the site of wars centuries ago in that there are spirits there maybe defending their land some people attribute that to these mysterious disappearances uh, some people who actually did successfully return have led um, haunted lives <laughs> so uh, I would like to end the week of sports talk by warning our outdoorsmen and outdoors women out there do not go to Black Mountain in Australia you might never come back Right. That's crazy. Um, uh, I'll ask you first, Chris. Uh, you hear stories like this. Um, do, have you ever heard of a place uh, either in Texas or in the U.S. that has this kind of uh, mystery surrounding it? I, I can't say that I have. Um, interesting story, though. I, 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 I'm sorry for the loss of all those folks that never came back. That's definitely a, a, a place that I will never head out to. Foss, what about you? I've been to Queensland. Uh, was over there. <laughs> Dated an awesome young lady uh, and spent three weeks in Queensland. Saw the state of origin, which is uh, rugby between Queensland and New South Wales. And I went to Byron Bay, but I was smart enough not to go to Black, Black Mountain. Mountain. Uh, you stayed away. So I'm here. 
Adrian. Look, this is a crazy story because Gavin Deere, who is a world-renowned geologist, he's actually a, a neighbor, kind of like a neighbor in this uh, in this area, and he says that he hears random explosive noises, um, and he also at times hear when when it, when it's real windy outside, it kind of sounds like howling sounds that, that are trapped inside. Uh, so a lot of weird things that are even recently happening from uh, Black Mountain. Good stuff, Tim. So, so here's my question: Why don't you just send some drones? to kind of hover over and, and take a look. I mean, we've got the technology now. That's it's not true. 1800s. We do. Hags, you think that's a good idea? Send the drones to solve the mystery once and for all? It would be interesting if the drones disappeared, too. Then we'd know something <laughs> oh, fishy's man. going on. Yeah, very, very Bermuda, yeah. Bermuda triangle-ish, you know. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with Tim in that one. I really do. Uh, how are we looking for tonight's Chihuahuas game and this weekend? How is it shaping up? Yeah, the Chihuahuas are playing well. They've won three out of four. Last night was a fun back-and-forth entertaining game. Uh, and tonight is the Chihuahuas debut of Thomas Eshelman. He's a former Baltimore Oriole in the major leagues. He was at AA San Antonio. Padres have elevated him to AAA. And on the other side, Tommy Henry, a pitching prospect for the Diamondbacks, going for Reno. Uh, but a fun team right now. Nomar Mazar is heating up. He had a late home run last night. Uh, I, I think this could be a good next couple of weeks, the way the Chihuahuas roster is looking. Mazzara probably just saw Trace Thompson getting called up, too, and realizing that if he can stay hot, uh, he could be the next one going up to San, to, 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 uh, San Diego. Exactly. I've, I've heard players do that, and I know the, the former athletes on your show probably could, could speak to that uh, as well. When you see a teammate get that opportunity, it, it can light a fire that, um, not to say you weren't motivated before that, but it can make you extra motivated for sure. I agree with you. Hags, we'll talk to you in 90 seconds. Thanks for the time and another great story time. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Tim Haggerty, he'll have the call coming up at the bottom of the hour. Gentlemen, a couple of picks I want to bring up because we're almost at number 50 right now. Actually, we're at 40. We just finished 49. Some big names. Fedarian Mathis from Alabama going to Washington at uh, 47 overall. Jaquan Brisker, who had a terrific uh, two-year run at Penn State in the defensive backfield, going to the Bears at uh, 48. And then Elante Taylor just going to Tennessee at 49, some of the most recent picks. And uh, still, no Malik Willis yet, no N'Kobe Dean, and here we are approaching so number 50. Your it's crazy. Volume. You know, but here's this the deal. The station. You know, you want to make sure that when they go, get it going. Because the, I think, like Babe says, it's going to be a run on the quarterbacks. Exactly right. Exactly. So, guys, again, thank you for being a part of this for us. And uh, it's the first of what I hope will be many broadcasts with us uh, down the road with the NFL. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. We'll see you guys soon. So, for Steve Foster, along with Chris Fernandez, Adrian Broadus, and uh, Angel Munoz, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Get ready, folks. Chihuahuas baseball's next right here, 600 ESPN El Paso.